an A to Z of UK TV drama with Andy and Martin. Welcome to the Drammies with your hosts Andy Priestner and Martin Holmes. Hello and welcome back to an A to Z of UK TV drama with me, Andy, and me, Martin. Hello. How are you doing? Good. Um, excited about this special mini extra episode. I say mini. It's probably going to be as long as all the others. <laughs> Oh yes, we 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 we've we've gone off schedule. <laughs> yeah, this is an extra episode which we have titled The Drammies. <laughs> which is an awards-based episode which will help us look back at the past 13 episodes and kind of like with a BAFTAs slash Oscars slash Grammys approach giving awards in major categories to all the different things we've watched. Without celebrity guest presenters. <laughs> well, I don't know. We could we could try some accents. We'll do some impressions. Yes. Yeah. No, never mind. <laughs> no, probably best not. Quite right, too. Uh, yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, we just thought we'd like to do a bit of a, a sort of a review, seeing as we're at the halfway mark. Yeah. Right? That's the thing. So. Yeah, exactly. So, um, we should, should we just list what we've what we've watched would that help if i do the first lot and then you carry on so we've been watching all creatures great and small the biderbeck affair campion doom watch edge of darkness fortunes of war ah uh, yes gbh yeah <laughs> i knew since you, you can't bring yourself to say it even i can't now. even say it no. <laughs> the the history man i claudius jonathan creek karaoke london's burning and miss marple I think there's a nice there's a nice spread of adaptations and written for TV and and different genres as well because you've got mystery you've got historical drama um, you've got sort of comedy drama a bit in there as well uh, slightly sci-fi with with the Doom Watch but um, it's not really sci-fi is it it's science fact it's what they'd say science fact <laughs> <laughs> ripped from the headline no, that was that was something else. <laughs> So I think it's I think it's it's been an interesting run, but we'll reflect more on that as we after Indeed. we've given the awards. Yeah. So I think we should trundle towards the first award. The first award is for the funniest drama. Uh-huh. So if if you could um, tell me your nominations, then Ooh, that would reveal mine. Yeah. Yes. Mm. Without yeah, any yeah. without any hint of the winner either. Please. No, indeed. I I struggled with this because basically drama is very serious, lad. There are definite moments in in the History Man, yeah, which I, I feel make it um, hilarious. The the Biderbeck affair has has a lightness about it, and there are moments in that that are that are delightful. Uh, say, and you could say the same for uh, Claudius and and Fortune. But uh, I, I do remember actually, strangely enough. The, the 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 funniest thing, not necessarily the funniest program, but the funniest thing, 
is actually the first part of the uh, I Claudius episode on Caligula. Right. Yeah. Just because it is so dry, and there are so many uh, you know, lines like, like "people are despicable." Yeah. Yes. Said by said by Caligula. Mm-hmm. Well, which which still tickles me. So so in many so, ways, I would say the Caligula episode of Claudius, but on the whole, I would say probably the Biedebecker fan. Okay, so but are they your nominations? It feels like you've told me the winner, which you well, shouldn't have done. Well, that's the only one I actually have where it's the whole program. <laughs> the rest of all. Beats. You shouldn't be talking about winners yet. I only no, wanted no. nominations. No, well, I'll put the envelope back in my pocket. So I had also I Claudius, the History right. Man, and the Biedebeck Affair. So we chose the no. same three. Oh, but well, we, we now, go. but we've both blown it. Well, you've blown it because it's the Biedebeck <laughs> Affair wins the award. <laughs> Funniest drama: The Biedebeck Affair. What was that you said? We are on the brink of a new era, if only. I thought that's what you said. It is. Does it rather peter out as a political doctrine? That's because something exploded at the vital moment. Let me have a look. It's all wires. That's how electricity travels, along wires. My friends... A vote for Jill Swinburne. A vote for Swinburne is a vote for freedom. What's more, she's terrific in bed. Give me that, you stupid pillock. The neighbours, my dear. How do you switch it off? You switch the switch mark switch. You've probably lost me the election. I might have won you the election. So... Yes, so I don't think you understand how award ceremonies work, Martin. So we'll. <laughs> well, no, next time, only the nominations. Right. No, I, I, it's just that I've not actually watched one in so many years because I find them so annoying. Why, why are we doing this? <laughs> okay. Seemed like a good idea at the time. So the next yeah. cat, the next category yeah, is what? Of, oh, should, we, should we all be sitting sitting here in in little windows, sort of staring and looking worried, and and trying to pretend that we really don't hate it that everybody else has won? It's exactly. You can do all your reaction shots that you'd like, but no one will <laughs> Have see. You got them. your posh frock on. That's what I want to. Absolutely, <laughs> I look gorgeous. Oh well, there we go. Yeah. I, okay. So, never... <laughs> so the main, the next category is favorite moment. I ah. shall I shall go with my nominations first. Okay. You don't have to explain them until afterwards. I've decided. I'm getting very Fine. I'm getting very authoritative. So I've got. Okay, Cherry. Well. <laughs> so I've got Quist refusing to give that guy who was like Farage a platform and saying, "Well, I won't. Uh, I won't talk about you then." In Doomwatch episode Sex and Violence, I have the the faculty meeting in. Hit the history man, where particularly the favourite moment being when Michael Horden refuses the point because it's not on the agenda, and that's just one of the most hilarious things ever. And finally, Livia's birthday party when when Claudius is suddenly emboldened and she says, "The wine has made you bold," and lost the stutter too. I see. So there are my three favourite moments. What are your nominations? Siegfried. Um... Pretending to be asleep is, is oh, one of my favourites. That's a nice one. Um, number two on my list is, well, basically any time Charles K does an eye roll in Fortunes. <laughs> Brilliant. And as I've said before, people are despicable in, in Claudius. Uh, oh, okay. So if you had to choose one, what would you go with as your winner? Oh, 
it's got to be Claudius. It's always Claudius, isn't it? <laughs> well, not necessarily. You'll find well, out. Well, it is for me. <laughs> well, the problem is you've made me think of others now, so I'm thinking, oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay, so I would I would also go with I, Claudius in this instance, and it would be Lydia, Livia's birthday party, which I just think is one of the best things ever. But also there's that moment about, you know, about astrologers when she goes off and she's so dismayed. How they all, they also want to be loved. I love that. That is perhaps my favourite line in anything we've watched. Favourite moment, I, Claudius. What's in this scroll? Your mother's a very noble woman. What's happened? Your uncle has brought me evidence. My son was poisoned by his wife. Ah, Glavilla. I always knew that woman was no good. She poisoned him with the help of Mr. Janus. Now they plot to assassinate me. People really are despicable. Grandmother, after all these years, you didn't invite me to dinner just to tell me this. Why, and it's made you bold, isn't it? You said you kept in with Caligula because he was to be the next emperor. Lost your stutter too, I see. But if by then you're dead, what difference can it make to you? makes a lot of difference and that's really why you're here i want to be a goddess claudius so i claudius is the winner there but for two different scenes right favorite single episode so if you say one then i'll say one and and henceforth and therefore so if you go for your first, your first nom. Mm, Nemesis part two. Ah, I knew you'd go for that. Well done. Because you think it's a perfect slice of 50 whatever minutes, don't you? As, as in terms of a satisfying 50 minutes of television. It's, it's difficult. It's difficult mm. to beat that one. Yeah. So I had the Beck Affair episode six. Ah, yes. And that's because you have all the fun around the election results and you have... What does he call James Bellum's character? It's gone. Oh, Trevor. Trevor. Um, Trevor con- confronting Helen of Tadcaster's father at the pool, and that, James Grout, and that's a wonderful scene. And at the end, you have them just running off to the hills to be silly together. And all of that made that a very good episode of Bider Beck, mm-hmm. I felt. So Bider Beck Effect episode six is one of my noms. Mm-hmm. Okay. What else my, do you my have? second my second nomination is guess what it's I Claudius it's, uh, it's I Claudius episode five uh, which is the trial ah um, some justice as a standalone like I say it's it's the one obviously you could remove from I Claudius completely and probably the plot would still make sense but actually I just think it's it's a, again it's it's one of those uh, hours of drama that is surprising but beautifully played. Mm. Okay, I'm going to move on to my next nomination, which is also I, Claudius, but I've chosen episode four, which is Poisonous Queen, in which all of Livia's plans kind of are, I suppose they're revealed and they come to fruition Mm. and Mm. finally um, Augustus is offed in that brilliant brilliant scene. And yeah, Mm. so so Poisonous Queen was my choice. Mainly because of Sean, Sean Phillips being amazing. It is it is very difficult to slice up Claudius and, and yeah. just select a moment. I mean, actually, you could have a favourite single episode and just basically list every single episode of Claudius in many ways. Yeah. I mean, what's your third nomination? Ah, well, you've already touched on it. It's History Man 3. 
The History Man three, which is the commit the extended committee meeting, <laughs> yeah. which I just I just feel that if nobody watches any episode at all of History Man, I think I said this on the podcast as well. Sit down and watch that one because it is hilarious. Yeah, well, they're only fifty minutes each, so I think people have got time, particularly in mm. lockdown. Yeah, my final nomination is for Fortunes of War episode four, which oh. is the one set in Athens, which right. has everything. It has the the two Curry sisters. It has Alan Bennett being a complete asshole. <laughs> it has Yakimov. More about him later. <laughs> Yakimov suddenly becoming Harriet's friend and yes. her recovering Ken for him for her mm. <laughs> Ken, you know, guy. Um, oh, yes. All that stuff around the Parthenon and that's that. that Secret love affair and someone finally taking interest in it. All of that, and that is my winner in the category: Fortunes of War, Episode uh, Four. Okay, what was your winner? Um, yeah, Nemesis Two. It's got to be. Oh, okay. Wow. <laughs> Gosh. Favorite single episode: Fortunes of War, Episode Four, and Miss Marple Nemesis, Episode Two. What happened? Oh, uh, we've been reorganised by Professor Pinkrose. Who are they? Hmm? Oh, them. They're both called Miss Two Curry. One's Gladys and the other one's Mabel. No one's quite sure which is which. Friends of Pink Rose. Been thrown out of your office? Pink Rose insisted he needed a room of his own. <laughs> is he in there now? He's preparing a lecture on Byron. <laughs> he was supposed to give that lecture in Bucharest and everybody forgot about him. My personal view that the Pink Rose lecture will never be given by popular demand. Self-centred, pompous old tit. Professor Pink Rose is a gentleman and a scholar. It'd still be a pompous old tit. It's practically a qualification, dear girl. Well, he asked me, or rather, he relied upon me to use my small gifts in certain areas, and he spoke of justice. That justice rolled down like the water, and righteousness like an everlasting stream. Yes, good heavens. Do you know, I've just realised how much I've imagined Mr Raphael's intentions in this matter, but I, I feel sure I'm right. Isn't it odd? It all started with that poor, delightful girl, Verity, your ward. When Mr. Airfield was dying, he realised he wanted justice done. He wanted her murderer brought to book at whatever cost. So he made some arrangements. And do you know now who the murderer was? Yes, I know now. Well, I'm sure we'll all be glad when this business is cleared up. Okay, so the next category is Most Disappointing Drama. <laughs> oh, here we go again. The dramas that need to look at themselves, have a good hard look at themselves, and think about what they've done. <laughs> so my nominations, I'm just going to come out and say them all. My nominations are Campion, um, particularly that that particular adaptation which I thought mm. didn't quite work um, All Creatures Great and Small because I just thought it it was just that that episode wasn't a particularly good example and mm. I don't know I just didn't get on with it as much as all the other things and finally you'll never guess this one mm. GBH GBH 
Yes, yes. Funnily enough, I only had one on my list and it had three letters in its title. <laughs> um, uh, well, it's been basically more hate mail. No. <laughs> <laughs> We've only no, had I... one one item of hate mail. Unfortunately, it was public on iTunes, but um, yeah. but that my, particular, my thing, <clears throat> that particular review that particular review from that person only judges our podcast on the basis of my opinion of one drama, so I don't care what he thinks. <laughs> Martin, the, the problem I have with GBO, in, in terms of looking forward to seeing it and then watching it again, the difference, you know, I felt, that the, you know, the anticipation and the reality of it, if you see what I mean. To a yeah. certain extent, you could argue much the same for Edge of Darkness, you know, and but also Jonathan Creek wasn't quite as great yeah. as I remember it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um but the one that really just it disappointed me because I thought it was better than it was. Yeah. Uh, you know, in my memory, maybe at the time, maybe for whatever reasons, maybe you know I I've, I've sort of got older and become more, you know, sensitive or whatever, but GBH bothered me more this time round. Yeah. And I really want to I mean, yeah, I, th- I don't I think I actually sort of recommended it no i mean you'd never seen it had you no no and and it was like you know you kind of want people to like i suspect that it's the same way you have with fortunes of war you want people to like it yes exactly and and really watching it it was it was it was difficult it was a difficult watch i think I don't think I should say anything about it because I think I've said everything I was going to say about it. It's just nice that you're saying the same thing. We don't come here to be critical. We, don't, you know, we come here to be, to uh, cr- you know, to to observe and and say well what we like and what we don't like. But we we don't come here intending to trash anything. Yeah, we're not attempting attempting to destroy any program irredeemably. No. It's it's literally our opinions and our insights, and yeah. we we actively want to enjoy things and celebrate them. Mm. I always feel a bit like I used to do a lot of interviewing when I had a mm. nine to five job, a lot of interviewing, um, yes. and I always was trying to help the candidates and encourage them towards answers and try and make them make the best of themselves and i do feel i have that sort of response to the dramas i'm like come on try this you know you know i'm almost getting really i'm really happy if they did go well and i want to be surprised and pleased but um yes this was like this was just an impossible candidate (laughs) in the most disappointing category gbh was the clear winner Clear. Um, clear winner um, I also I also had it um, in the category of DVD box set I'd most like to burn in a fire. Oh, and, really. <laughs> and also favourite moment um, being, this is my fourth place favourite moment, which is DBH, the end credits rolling. That was also a favourite <laughs> moment of mine. And this I actually punched like, the air. This, this, <laughs> is, this is the Andy Priestner Special Award for burning of DVD. <laughs> yes. Most disappointing drama, GBH. This is a special school. The children here, one way or another, need peace and quiet and, above all, security. Oh, they're very secure now. They've got the whole place surrounded. If you screw up this day, I'll screw up the rest of your life. Anyway, we move on in our our glamorous, sparkling evening. Oh, yes. Uh, to what a lovely venue we have! Here. I know, and don't they all look gorgeous? Everyone in their tuxes every one of, and oh, every one of you in the socially distanced crowd. <laughs> yes, it's, it's like it's like the crowd at a snooker final. <laughs> exactly. We move on to 
perhaps the the award we're most excited about. I don't know why I said that because we're not the most <laughs> surprising drama. Ah, take it away, Martin. What are your oh, noms? What are your nominations? Surprising. Yes, uh, nominate. I only have one nomination. <clears throat> well, that's against uh, the rules. So you shall be hounded out of the Drammies. Um... <laughs> That means that's your winner, so you're not allowed to talk yet. I'm going to go first. (laughs) So, most surprising, I had The History Man, because I didn't know anything about it, and I didn't know what to expect. Therefore, it was always going to be surprising, but it just Mm. happened so happened it was in a good way. Mm. Doom Watch, um, not Mm. the first episode we watched, the... (laughs) Whatever it was called, the something, the web of fear. But the second the episode, web of fear. second episode, sex and violence. Utterly surprised by that. And mm. London's burning, which I expected. I was really like, quietly, I was like, oh god, Martin wants us to watch flipping London's burning, the pilot, and it's like it's going to be shit because I never wanted to watch the whole series to only discover it's a film by Jack Rosenthal, which actually has some really good bits in it and some really good mm. commentary. So that was my third most surprising. So reveal your winner, sir. Well, as I say, the only one that, that, that I have uh, comes from the fact that all the rest I was familiar with. Uh-huh. If you see what I mean. So, yeah. so, so, I suppose a lot depends on your personal yes. definition of surprising. Yes. Um, so, fortunes of war, because yeah. I'd not actually seen it, yeah. and and therefore it it all came as a surprise. Uh, but it was a delightful surprise. Yeah. Um, I mean, I could say that Edge of Darkness surprised me. By, you know, being slightly less memorable than I thought it was going to be. Yes, I could say that GBH surprised me by just being a lot worse. Than worse, than I it was be, yeah. you know. So I mean, it does depend on your definition. Yes, of course. So really, uh, Fortunes of War uh, surprised me because it was just so, so beautifully light in touch, so beautifully shot, so beautifully structured. Yeah, and. I was basically surprised that it completely failed to fall, come under my radar at all. Yeah, it's weird. And of course, I happens. was also massively surprised that it was written by Alan Blater. Yes. Which I shouldn't have been because I had articles on it from years ago. Yeah. And it, but just, so. it just sort of passed me by. Which yeah. again, I think we've said time and again, Fortunes of War seems to pass people by. Yeah. Or seem to have passed people by, historically, whatever. And and yet it is a great seven hours of television. Yeah. And and should be watched by more people. So if you're listening to us now, uh, stop the podcast here, go away and watch Fortunes of War, and come back, and 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 you, then you can tell us how much you agree with us. Yes. So I don't, don't like, go away. Don't go. No, away. They're back. <laughs> no, they're back. They've watched it. So oh, good. <laughs> so I just want to say about Doom Watch, Sex and Violence. Um, I mm. think I'd watched about five or six episodes of Doom Watch before, and really thought, oh God, this is a bit turgid. This mm. isn't great. This isn't what I was kind of thinking it would be. Mm. And then. To watch that one, which was an odd episode in many ways, and but the banned honest, one, you know, yeah, and it, it was banned, it wasn't yeah. Broadcast, but yeah. honestly, I just thought it was such a surprising topic, but also the surprising denouement, surprisingly good writing. Just so yeah. much about it, I thought it was just very good. So and very sharp. It's 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 incredibly sharp and 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 on the money of what's happening now, written fifty years ago, and you kind of you wish that it would get shown. But of course, people would now just go, oh, 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 woke nonsense or whatever they, whatever they dismiss it by, because people don't really like to be told anything anymore. They like to have already got their opinion on something before they listen, and then if somebody, they're just being lectured at, ranted at, whatever. And actually, just to watch it and see how this is working and be able to make the leap 
to what, how society is working now uh, is an astonishing thing to do. But if you're not interested in doing that, you're just going to see it as a hokey old bit of telly and I can understand why it was banned, ha-ha. And that certainly the, the latter half of that episode, is it, I, you feel it should be sort of beamed into people's eyeballs. It's just... <laughs> exactly. It will be very dictatorial of me. So. Yes. Yeah, big brother. <laughs> you, just, you just feel, yes, that people... That things... Sometimes you just wish people could see them, but they people could see ought. them the way yes. you see them, you know. Yeah, and I think what we've discovered by not actually having talked about politics or the way we view society before this podcast, because we didn't know each other very well mm. at all, um, that or at all, that we actually find very aligned on so many different things. It's mm. surprising. Most surprising drama, Fortunes of War, and Doomwatch, Sex and Violence. With the deepest of respect, the sight of a lady's hair may distract the men from their devotions. You can't make men chaste by keeping women out of sight. You are an unusual lady. You have a mind of your own. Where I come from, that's not unusual. Well, I'm an amateur student of the mind, sir. And naturally, being a politician, I talk about the mind of a nation. Well, in that mind, there's a longing for freedom and an actual fear of freedom, particularly about sex, which is so vital to us. So anyone who brings in a law which will protect us from naked bodies and explicit references is bound to be popular. He'll put a legal lid on all our guilty pots. It's therefore important that on the way I should be seen to lead a campaign against the sex freedoms. It's a mere political maneuver. That is the most cynical statement I've ever heard. I would have hoped to hear the word honest. Politicians have been doing it for years. Whenever there's a moral issue to be legislated upon, they pander to our fear and guilt instead of alleviating it. Indeed, to be a successful politician, you must play upon it. Sex killer escapes. That's a fairly average newspaper headline at the time of a million unemployed. In times of economic crisis, it's much better to talk about the moral disintegration of society rather than the economic one. Okay, we're going to move on to Hardest to Discuss. Ooh. So my nominations, without any explanation at this point, are Jonathan Creek, Edge of Darkness, mm. and Karaoke. What are, your, what are your three? Well, Jonathan Creek made my list. Yeah. Um, Doom Watch and GBH as well. So, okay. Um, so do you want to talk um, about that? What was your well, winner? What was your winner? Um... <laughs> Probably GBH. I mean, it, it, I mean, you can tell from the conversation. It, it's a little bit difficult to discuss something when you're desperately trying to find good things about it to say. <laughs> yes. Uh, I, mean, I mean, maybe it's just. I mean, maybe this this category is more about my personal embarrassment. You know. No, sure. Yeah. Um, I mean, and I, I, and I, I, I worried that I'd steamrolled in that one because I hated it so much, and I worried really? about that balance. But I know that. You know there was elements of it you liked. It was it was awkward for me as well. But but I, the the thing about the A to Z thing is we found time and again is there there are things that you all you sort of feel you ought to discuss, and you know so 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 Bleasdale, you know writers especially the work of you feel you, at some point you need to touch upon yeah you know because they are recognised as great television dramatists, so we picked. Uh, GBH 
I mean, we'd already done B, so Boys from the Black Stuff was out. So GBH, but GBH was his award-winning program. Yeah. yeah. And and so it's it's very difficult to to realise that actually you didn't like it very much, and and you're trying to and you're trying to discuss it in a way that doesn't. Well, obviously it does, but but doesn't sort of completely and utterly uh, devalue it, you know. Yeah. Where it's my, um, my where it's much easier for me because I just wanted to completely do that <laughs> because yeah. I was so angry. I was so yeah. angry at the, all those hours that had been taken from my life. Yeah. <laughs> and, and well, yes, and and the other thing about uh, I mean the the other two nominations, Doom Watch specifically, uh, is one of those shows that you know. Um, theoretically, I love without question. It's one of those those BBC things from that time. It's it's a it's kind, not exactly a spin off, but it's kind of related to Doctor Who and you know and, and on all its glory. It's it's, it's worked on by two of the writers that are recognised as having come from that that stable, if you like. And the the messages within it, you know, I, I still feel that it's it's the kind of show that you could make now and you know without missing a beat i mean obviously they'd change the way they make it and the scripts would be tighter and probably yeah. more helicoptery but <laughs> but um yeah our listeners but, know what that means now <laughs> but um but generally speaking it it's it's a tight and worthy and worthwhile subject for a drama series and the problem i had perhaps was having gone with the ha ha won't it be funny to pick the web of fear you know because it's got the same title as another show I quite like. Um, it was difficult to find out that that wasn't. It didn't feel like the greatest episode of a show that is actually overall very worthwhile. Yeah. Very worth watching, and so that was a difficult conversation. Although obviously, when we moved on to the untransmitted episode, it was a lot easier to then sort of say, you know, uh, yeah, actually, we've 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 covered that. You know, but studio drama always has its, especially from that era, always has its shortcomings. And you and you're not you're not there just to say, oh, look at the silly rubber spiders. We weren't. I don't think we were trying to do that. But unfortunately, there were other flaws in that particular episode. And may, maybe I mean I, I know we we sometimes only watch sampled. Uh, I think we only watched like say two of thirty eight episodes. Um, obviously, not all of Doom Watch is available. But of of the of the two we watched, it just happened that one of them wasn't the strongest. Um, Jonathan Creek was just disappointing. Um, and again, we 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 sampled it. I mean, it could well be that this is the thing that the ones that we found most disappointing are the ones where we haven't watched the whole run. You know, although please you know, God no, th- though I couldn't no, watch all of Jonathan Creek. <laughs> no, I mean there are what there are what thirty thirty two of them. Yeah, and that. It, I think it. <clears throat> we, I mean, actually, as prep. We we watched the first two standard episodes uh, from series one, and it was very quickly becoming very well, not repetitive. Repetitive is wrong because obviously there are arcs and there are things. That I think it was just basic, it wasn't it? It was just very basic. It was but... just disappointing that that I think that because in in general terms we watched three of the specials, if you like, that how 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 formulaic they were, how similar they were. And how, and that that again, that, that's the nature. You could probably say the problem. I mean, I don't know, but you could probably say the same about something like Bergerac. You know, you, you get the ingredients, and people want the same ingredients. Or, you know, or so, the people making the programs think that people want the same ingredients. Well, which is, it might be yeah. a different thing. 
which yeah. that's, that's a different uh, different discussion perhaps for you know for another day but but you know there, there is formula television i want to have that discussion now <laughs> no i don't well no there is, there is a formula television and formula yeah there is yeah you, know, you know what you're gonna you switch on colombo you know what you're gonna get more or less and yeah. the way those pieces are moved around yeah, the board yeah. might change but but you know when you're gonna get the, the murder and and him being uh, him knowing right from the off who did it dogging him at the end you'll get the reveal and it'll be down to some minor flaw that's been forgotten about you know what you're going to get in that particular pod and unfortunately i think jonathan creek i thought it'd be more surprising than it was you know and i think that that was why it was difficult to talk about because again you know great actors you know doing you know i mean some of the guest stars are are phenomenal actors and you know and they're all doing the best uh, you could argue that there there are i mean i don't i mean i don't know much about the process of how these things come together you know a writer writes an episode a director directs an episode the actors act in it do they sit there going oh god this is a turkey or i mean they're all giving their best and yet it comes out and it's uh that again yeah right so my hardest to discuss winner is karaoke um mm. just because I found it hard to discuss it in a way that was useful or valuable because I wasn't clear about what his intention was in mm. the writing of it and I wasn't sure what was meant to be fictional, what was meant to be real, what was an intended theme or what was... Mm. It was it was all so meta that I really mm. struggled to talk about it in a way that I felt was useful or insightful. Mm. And also I was aware that I wasn't a Potter fan and I didn't have your knowledge, yeah. so it was harder for me to, to feel like I was offering something valuable but yes. I, I, I don't think it was a, a bad episode of our podcast but it was just that i struggled to to mm. to it's hard to critique something where it felt uncritiquable in a way <laughs> posthumous works are very tricky i think in in literature in you know when someone finishes somebody else's book or um they're difficult because the suddenly there's a pedestal that that the 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 creator if you like is placed upon and also there's a knowing wink to the audience because people are actually it, it it was very much dennis's greatest hits but whether whether that was directorial touches afterwards you know if if we were going to do more potter I, i'd love to do the singing detective but it's going to have to be about fourth time round because it's one of those those beautiful letter s series, yes which is which is just an abundance of riches the letter s gives us as 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 TV drama followers, yeah, and uh, so basically the alphabet may have to sort of do it get very sibilant in its second half. Yeah, maybe we have to do that. So moving on to easiest to discuss, um, mm. I had the History Man, GBH, and Miss Marple. What were your nominations? Mm. Uh, I Claudius, uh, All Creatures, and uh, Fortunes of War. Okay, so, so not much crossover at all. No, so my winner is. Well, just to say, the GBH I found easy to talk about because I just was determined to, <laughs> to destroy it. Um, we went from a position of loathing and just yeah. kept at it. <laughs> Miss Marple, just because it was it was so easy to talk about it because it's so familiar. It's like putting on an old hmm. cardigan. And <laughs> the History Man, just because I just found that we just flowed on that one. It was just so easy hmm. to talk about. And it was so surprising as well because it was like, I don't know nothing about it. And yet we could talk about it in such a fun, happy hmm. 
happy-go-lucky sort of, wow, this is interesting, this is different. It just felt like completely new territory. So I just found that so easy to talk about. And I was amazed that we talked about that for two hours plus. Yeah. <laughs> and, it's, and the thing, and the, well, yes, and that's, that's the thing, isn't it? Actually, when something is that good, we, we find we burble on forever, don't we? <laughs> yeah, I'm afraid so. Yeah, which, which is unfortunate for you, dear listener. But <laughs> Listener, rude. But... Uh, <laughs> But um, you know, it it is it is tricky. Yeah. Um, what, what about your easiest to discuss then? Of the three, which was your most easy? Uh, Claudius was the easiest to talk about for me, just because I mean, well, we ended up talking for nearly three hours. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but actually, just because it's there's so much to talk about, it it was it was kind of tricky because we were leaping all over the place because we suddenly remembered another great bit. Yeah. So, but it was probably a nightmare to edit. Yeah, I should have another category: hardest to edit. I Claudius, <laughs> and, and and possibly maybe the hardest to listen to, <laughs> for 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 you know for the for the, um, yeah. the audience. But but actually, Rude. it was just great because it's you know right from the off, you know you you're going out there like like you know opening batsman or whatever, knowing that the subject matter is just so good. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I'd argue that our all, all creatures one was was possibly the easiest one because we didn't know what we were doing yeah there's an element to that being useful isn't it easy let's just talk about that you know okay and that sort of worked and flowed simply because i mean it's i think it's one it's still our shortest yeah yeah and um you know but that really doesn't matter we were finding our feet but it actually it's what made us realize actually this clicks this yeah. this conversational style we have but as you yeah. said i think if looking at it doing it again i think i would definitely choose to do two or three episodes of all creatures as more oh, yes. representative you know so it wasn't really a fair summary but it, we can still get gave some insight mm. i think yeah, well okay. I mean, we did we did we did talk about, i know and the third one was fortunes just because i knew you loved it and um well you know i was just basically sitting there thinking yep liked that but letting you letting you sort of t- you know, tell me why it's so good. <laughs> yes, actually, and that, ne- that's, an that, early that's very in... easy from from a, from a co-presenting yes. point of view. You know? I nearly, I really nearly put it down as hardest to discuss as one of my three because I was because so, you love it so much. Oh, yes. I, was, I was so invested in it. I was like, I've got to make this right. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, you found it easy. You found it hardest to discuss for exactly the same reason I found it the easiest, yes. which is just kind of and actually kind that's that's the same thing with GBH as well because I had GBH in my mm. easiest to discuss and you had it in your hardest. So yeah, yeah. right. We should move on to a quite a prestigious award. Ba, best, ba, 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 ba. best director. Gosh, Ooh. who did you have, Martin? Mm, yeah. Ah. Well, this is where I need to discuss auteur theory with you. <laughs> oh gosh! Shoot. No, it's it's actually the, the thing about the list that we've covered so far is actually uh, quite a lot of them are series television. Uh, so from that point of view, I I found that it's very difficult to identify a single program with a single director. In most cases, there are lots of different directors, and to be fair. It, I felt that some of the um, the episodes we picked weren't necessarily typical of the series as a whole or whatever. Sometimes that can be a good thing. So I only had two names. That was the thing. There was Herbert Wise for Claudius and James Kethlin Jones. So, Right. Yeah. Okay. So I had both of those as well. But I also had Martin Campbell for okay. for Edge of Darkness just because I felt he had such a strong vision for what he wanted. It was dynamic. It was different. It was dark. And he was kind mm. of directed it a bit more like a feature film in a way. 
so I just and the fact that it was on film, I just felt mm. that there was a definite directorial hand at the tiller, you know, mm. really driving that. Yeah, um, it's it, it is kind of strange, really, isn't it? Because when you when you start to think about eras of television drama, yeah, you know, the, the the studio based or the old film based, there there is a sort there's not a there's not a definite cut off. Yeah, but there is that sense that the Herbert Wise's influence was very like a theatre director mm. with with his people and and going through all that and and maybe. Um, the sort of the, the film directed approach of Ed, Edge of Darkness might not have been quite. It might it it didn't feel quite so. They sat in a church hall discussing their characters. They may well have done, but it it doesn't feel as directorial to me. Herbert right. Herbert Wise's Claudius feels like a vision, and this is how right. I'm going to do this. Okay, and and to me, uh, I, I know what film directing always seems a little bit less uh, rehearsal. I don't uh -huh. sense the rehearsal, and maybe that's maybe that's just me, because obviously they do rehearse. It's not. Yeah. But I think Bob it's, Peck probably quite went quite deep in in his character. I felt there was a mm. lot going on there directorially, mm. but maybe that was more down to the actors really caring. It's hard to it's hard to know, isn't it, from this distance? Mm. So, who was your favourite director then of Herbert those Herbert Wise? Mm. So I I chose James Catherine Jones, um, okay. just because I felt that Fortunes of War was. Just because in the end, if you're talking about direction, I was thinking of the cinematography and mm. the overall feel of that. And although Herbert Wise obviously got great, amazing performances out of his actors, mm. I couldn't just give it to Herbert on the basis that the actors were good themselves. They were all yes. wonderful. And I didn't want to kind of give him all the plaudits for that, if that makes sense. No, no, no. I understand. And I just think you know. James Catherine Jones' vision of fortunes and how to realise that is just, considering that's from a book, I mean, it's just amazing mm. that it could be so brilliantly portrayed and yeah so i went for yeah. and of course it is very it is very cinematic you know yeah. the, the, again this i suppose this is the problem is is that what you've got is a sense of television production in the 70s yeah being being more casting uh working with the actors yes you know yes and 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 sort of more cinematic uh television directing in the 80s yeah. being a little bit not feeling that same sense of contact and that, that's the thing i mean with me it's always theater and acting mm -hmm. um you know so maybe that's the thing i i, f I feel more i feel more the performance and the, the the performances and the solutions have been worked out in rehearsal yeah with 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 the the herbert wise production than i do with, with the yeah. other two so i do kind well, of, that's just me i do kind of love the idea of like sean phillips standing on a on the set of Rome, you know, the big epic Rome from mm. 2000 or whatever it was, and, and actually seeing I, Claudius as a filmed 12-episode masterpiece. Mm. I know it's a masterpiece anyway, but mm. having all that extra stuff around it and those oh, actors yeah. actually on location mm. would have been just astonishing. But then maybe it wouldn't have come off because it would be a different thing and the, the expectations... The problems... Yeah, the problems yes. help make new solutions. Absolutely. Yeah, so I don't know, but it's just I, I see it in my mind's eye and think, wow, that'd be amazing. But I don't need it for I, Claudius to be mm. immensely enjoyable. Well, that was, again, the interesting thing of watching the Granada um, Caesars, you know, is that because they actually had, you know, when they had the um, the Senate, they had you know, more than more than half a dozen extras. You wow. Know? Yeah, they had they had the set with all the, 
you know, the people on it. I don't remember, and, yeah. And granted, most of them were probably people who also walked into the Rover's Return, you know, whatever, but they stuck a toga on them. But, <laughs> yes. you know, but there, there was a big sweeping set for the Senate and it was full of people, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and so actually taking that kind of option away meant that the, the certain solutions that we saw were, were you know, in many ways Im- improved what, you know, you have, when you've got little to work with, you do. I mean, you can, you can see how, when you watch um, the Cleopatras, yeah. how, how having the same sort of setup not working can easily happen. Yeah. You know. And the other thing about uh, James Kathleen Jones, God bless him, is that, uh, you know, uh, did did Ken and M really do a lot of the actor directing? I asked myself. Ah, uh, yes, you're right. This is this is again. This is a thing. You're dead right because they were so on it. That did he actually have hard work there? Yeah, but I think that. Well, no. I mean, the, I mean, directing is, a, is is you know the technical direct the technical thing of making a film. It looks gorgeous, and you know all the performances, all the editing, everything like that. It, it's still down to the director. All I'm saying was, yeah. there, part of me feels that maybe the acting side of it might have had. A bit of help, maybe yeah. wrong. Yeah, it's it's hard to know where that line lies, isn't it? It is. Um, yeah. Best director, Herbert Wise and James Catherine Jones. He won't help us. He has abandoned us. Oh, that, that miserable cur! I shall read this letter. The Senate will see what sort of emperor they have and what sort of bitch gave him birth and calls herself mother of the nation no 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 wait wait please listen to me we can't fight them they're too powerful and anyway there's the children and, and the estates is the whole family to be destroyed because of us oh i can't believe it it's not right i won't allow it we've lived together We'll die together too. Oh, there's comfort in that, isn't there? I'm sure that Professor Lord Pinkrose uh, will not mind if I tell you that he has travelled literally thousands of miles and visited many countries in his attempt to give this lecture. It was originally to have been given in Bucharest, but the war intervened, as indeed it did in Athens. However, I am delighted that at last Cairo should be the setting for this occasion at such an exciting period in Egypt's history, a sentiment which I'm sure Professor Lord Pinkrose uh, would share. Therefore, without further ado, it gives me very great pleasure to invite him to give his lecture on the poetry of Lord Byron, Professor Lord Pinkrose. not inappropriate so we move on to best writer which i think is perhaps the most foregone conclusion category (laughs) partly because we had so much of him in in our first it's, it's got to be Bleasdale, hasn't it? Yeah, <laughs> yeah right. <laughs> La. So I just want to mention my other two that I had, though, because I did strictly st- okay. keep to three nominations. 
One was Stuart Douglas, who I'd never heard of, who wrote the Sex and Violence episode of Doomwatch, because I thought it was brilliantly well-written in parts. Mm -hmm. Okay. I also had Jack Pullman, obviously, because he's such a brilliant Mm. adaptation of of the work of Robert Graves. But yes, Mm. Alan Plater, by far and away, Mm. because we had Beiderbeck, Murders Announced, Fortunes. Was that Mm. it? It felt like... Uh, I think so. I mean, he he did contribute to... Uh, a couple of the others, I think, but uh, yeah. but generally, I mean, Biderbeck is is gorgeous. Yeah, I mean, the whole trilogy. You know, you kind of think, oh, we're doing B again. Let's do Biderbeck affair. No, <laughs> no, let's do Biderbeck um, connection. Con- no, connection. Yeah. Hmm. You know, but obviously, you know, that would that would uh, probably not be a good. Well, idea. maybe but, another uh, point. But Jack Rosenthal's in there for me as well. Um, oh, of I course. Ju- I, just... I didn't think about Jack Rosenthal, but then I suppose I didn't enjoy London's Burning as much as no. Sex and Violence. So, and I, th- I think we will return to Jack Rosen. I know we will. So, <laughs> you know, th- th- there's, there's a lot more to say. And, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, I, 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 but, but of the three, uh, a, a Pullman for me as well. So, so Plater, Pullman, and um, Rosenthal were my three. But, but you would have so, chosen Plater overall, yeah. I think, like you say, in terms of, of the amount of joy he has given me in terms of the writing, certainly in in terms of this first half of the alphabet that we've been covering, but mm. but over the years, I just and, may, and maybe you know maybe I'm an old softy or, or it maybe it's like it's like you know someone someone gets to ninety and they get the what the Oscar simply out of the, the Academy saying you know but no I just think he's it, just such a sharp writer. I mean I've seen uh, a couple of his Z cars as well and and softly softlies and stuff and you know they're always they always surprise you and they're always sharp you know. Yeah. So yeah, I, I, yeah, Plater, definitely, yeah. and for me, best writer, Alan Plater. You will be careful, won't you? Oh, of course. A policeman asking questions is open to the gravest suspicion, but an old lady asking questions is just an old lady asking questions. I wish I could share Guy's faith in the Russians. Guy's faith in everybody. That's the problem. He's an atheist with a religious temperament, so he believes in Russia. A home for little children above the bright blue sky. He doesn't just talk, he does things. He visited the political prisoners in the Bakaresh jail. That's dangerous in a country like this. I hope he doesn't do it now. Doesn't tell me. Just don't destroy his integrity. How could I do that? You slip out of a rucksack. You're filling him with middle-class ideas. You make him have a bath every day, get his hair cut. He has possessions. Not for long. He loses most of them. Oh, I think civilization can organize its own destruction. Well, it's not going to happen on account of me and little Norm selling hedge cutters for the Cubs football team, is it? That's self-evident, Cobbler. The system told me that I was redundant of no further value to society. This is me saying bollocks to the system. I think you're very good at it. Not bad, is it? <laughs> How much do I owe you? Give me a lift to the allotment to collect my bike and we'll negotiate. <laughs> OK, we move on to best Actor. Gosh. So, 
So I think we should nominate each of these ind- individually to start with. So I'm going to just name... So you've stuck to three, haven't you? Yes. You... <laughs> wow, have you got four? I've got five. <laughs> okay, well, I'll let you have five. I don't mind. So okay. my first one... No, actually, you should go first. And if you've got five, because it'll take you longer to get through them. So your first one. Uh, Derek Jacobi. Derek Jacobi, who's also my first nomination. Tell me why, though. Um, It's just... Astonishing. Again, may, maybe this comes from having watched the same part played by Freddie Jones. Having seen the same part played by Freddie Jones. Again, Freddie Jones is great. Don't get me wrong. He, but but there's something incredibly special about Derek Jacobi's uh, performance. I think in, in I Claudius. It, it's. I mean, it's across the twelve. I know he's not. I know he doesn't feature much in the early episodes because he's. You know, he is actually played by somebody else in there. In, the, in his youth, but uh, when he appears, it, 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 the whole show revolves around him. You imagine the pressure that he would have been under. But it's not. I mean, and it, it would have been so easy to make him a caricature. It could have been so easy to make him, um, you know, look at you know just a limp and a. You know, there are actors you know who would have just made it a limp and a, a limp and a hook hand or, or an yeah. eye patch or whatever. You know. <clears throat> and and to see what he does with that, especially with the amount of makeup as well, which must have been you know must have been a nightmare. And, and of course, just simply uh, the continuity of it, you know. I mean, I don't know whether they filmed all the old Claudie spits at the same time. I doubt it. But um, the and and basically the gravitas, but the the pain and and getting beyond that, you know, the uh, Mike Mike Yarwood impression of the stammer. Yeah, you know that you would that would have been most people. Oh, this you know they would have been mocking. Oh, you know, Claudius, you know. But actually, to get beyond that and make him such a deep, deep character, you know. I think particularly, I found towards the end when he becomes more and more flawed and blind to everything around him. I just think his performance is just masterful, and I think he really carries everything towards the end in such a brilliant way. Um, those last three episodes yeah yeah so yeah yeah, i had him absolutely firmly there as one of my nominations what was your um so my second one was bob peck oh interesting okay because i just i just felt he was very it was a very actorly performance what i mean by that Mm. is that i felt he'd really immersed himself and really Mm. believed in the part uh ronald craven wasn't it and Mm. really put his heart and soul into it i just think you see his intent in much the same way as we will see shortly one of our actors in our friends in the north um Mm. and i just really believed in that intensity and i thought it was very well done so bob peck is my second nomination who's your second nomination um so my second yeah uh, on my my extended list was also brian blessed from claudia oh okay why tell me why bry well i i think maybe maybe this is just thing i i feel that 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 Brian gets an awful lot of uh, yeah, people. Maybe 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 he has a fault that he's become this caricature, you know. And people always think he's very one note and very shouty, and he really isn't. And yeah. in this, in the first four episodes of, of Claudius, he is just astonishing to watch. Yeah. And the, I think really what gets me. I mean, I know people go on about the death scene, and I know people go on about the. Uh, you know, not slept with my daughter's scene or yes but but there's there's a moment in it where that that still haunts me really which is this this moment of absolute power 
where he just says to somebody about I can't, I, yeah it, it this this sense that he is utterly and totally ruthless yeah and he he's joking around i mean you you see the bit where he plays the where he's playing the dice when he has the stroke you know yeah but he's all jolly and bantery and everything but there's just this moment i think it's in episode 2 where he just is is addressing this person and you get this total sense of absolute power and this man is terrifying and he has complete control over the yeah. lives of everyone around him and it's in the middle of the lightest conversation right uh, which I wish I could track down. I'm isn't it? Isn't it the one with Drusus, where he's, where Drusus it, is talking possibly. about the Republic, and he suddenly yes. says, "Well, then you'd be my enemy." Yes, that kind of. That's, yes, that's that's that that is, and yet it's just that it's something in the eyes that yes. he does. Yes, and it's the steel. The steel, exactly. Yeah, you know, I know. It's, it's sitting by. It's sitting by the pool, isn't it? Isn't it sitting yes. by the pool? Yeah, that's the one. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, and it's just it's just there, and that to me is a great television performance. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I know again, the age is over the time, and he has the relationship with uh, Livia and all this kind of thing. But there's just that moment really encapsulates why he is just so incredibly brilliant. So, what's your third nomination? Hardy, but I think again, that's. Uh... <laughs> I watched him again recently in uh, the Cleopatras, Robert. Ah. Hardy. Uh, of course, so wasn't he good in the Cleopatras? <gasps> but Robert Hardy is just. But honestly, you know, I mean, he just like I, I don't think the Cleopatras deserved him. I thought he was fantastic in it. Best, one of the best Julius Caesars I've ever seen. I mean that that scene that I talked about earlier, where he, where he's he, they're all going off to war, and he rather than have the embarrassing scene, he just pretends to be asleep in chair. It's just, I mean, you think how how can anybody make? sort of falling asleep in a chair look brilliant and yet there he is he yeah. does it you know yeah so what's your fourth nomination in your never-ending list of best actors <laughs> anthony Sher. ah okay yes he would have been in my top five if i'd been allowed five <laughs> well there you go write him in now <laughs> no no i'm following the rules uh, i'm flouting rule. them openly Auntie Cher is just great in History Man, and, yeah. and that really is all you need to all you need to say. Well, I think uh, it's because he inhabits the part so well, doesn't yes. he? He is that character, Absolutely. and you you feel like for that summer or whenever it was he filmed it, he was him. Uh, and it's one of the few really that you watch that you think, yeah, I'd like to see another series of that, please. I'd like to see that character. Play it made me think I want. On, it made me also think I want to see Auntie Cher in more things. I was lucky enough to see him in Merchant mm. to Venice at the RSC in Stratford once. And yes, brilliant. But I, I don't think I've. I think he. Oh, I think he was Shylock. But I don't think I've seen um, him in anything else, which is mm. disappointing. A couple of his were on the uh, National Theatre Live. Oh, right. You know, this couple of his stage yeah. performances were, were were done as. You know, I mean, we went to, we went to one. You know, when it was actually live from London, kind of thing. Mm. But uh, he's an astonishing actor, really. I mean, yeah. you you only have to look at read sort of Year of the King or whatever whatever that book is. That he wrote about doing Richard the Third to know that oh. this is a guy who takes his craft very, very seriously. Okay, you know. so your final nomination, Kenny, darling, Kenny. It's got to be Kenny. Okay. Uh, Kenny's great in uh, in uh, Fortunes of War. Okay, uh, it it is sometimes difficult to detach the Kenny from the the part. Yeah, uh, which is possibly why he wasn't sort of first on my list, mm. but. Uh, like I couldn't ignore him when I was writing the list, and I kept thinking of all these other great performances as well. And I kept thinking, oh, but I can't really not 
putting yeah. Kenny in there. So he would. Because yeah. he's the glue. And well, I, I don't even sure he's necessarily the glue that holds Fortunes of War together. In many ways, that's Emma. But but the. It's just again. It's just one of those performances that when when he's there, you can't take your eye. You want. I think when I mean, uh, Pip always says this to me is when somebody in appears on a screen, and it's it's a couple of lines, and you by the end of it, you just want to punch them. Yeah. You know they must be great actors. It's either yeah. great writing or great performance yeah. because you, they've made you hate them in yeah. half a minute. Yeah. You know? So Kenneth Branagh, Sir Kenneth Branagh. Not that I want to punch him. I mean, it's just no, that, it's okay. But but guy makes you want to punch him quite often in that yeah. program. Yeah. And and yeah, and which which just tells you everything. So you need to know, really. my final nomination because that's mm. I had Derek Jacobi, I had Bob Peck, and my final one is Ronald Pickup oh, for Yaki. Yeah. So I had him ahead of Branagh. I had Branagh in fourth. Interesting. So Ronald Pickup um, was. Just so amazing is Yakimov. I just think you've got such such a journey for the character and he was such a shit to begin with and that ultimately you end up loving him and being desperate for him and just the way he plays with Branner and Thompson and everyone else. He's just such a creation. You that, see, now that, you see, that fascinates me because it's, it's not that I'd forgotten the performance, but when I say this, again, it's this whole what you're picking out of 13... It's kind of like because he wasn't the lead. It's it's not. Yeah, I know what you mean. It's yeah. it's a great performance. We we didn't really have best supporting actor, did we? Well, I think it's it's too prominent a role in those first four yes. episodes to make yeah, him best supporting. But I did have the same yeah. thought. Oh, maybe we should do a best supporting. Mm. But this podcast mm. will be far too long then. Mm. So, who's your pick of your best actors of your five? Mm. I think again, it's it's Jacoby. So mine is actually Ronald Pickup. Okay, I was really surprised because I would think oh, it's going to be Jacoby, Jacoby, but I think maybe that's mentally because Jacoby already won the best BAFTA. I don't. Mm. I think he could live without one of our Drammies. Whereas (laughs) I think Ronald Pickup needs the Drammy because I don't think he's ever had the accolade that he needed for Yakimov. I've just just realised we haven't actually designed the Drammy. We have to poke the eye out of a doll. Nice, classy. So, and also you've picked him now as well, so I don't have to. So he's a winner anyway. Hooray! Best actor, Derek Jacobi and Ronald Pickup. All my life I wanted to see the Republic restored, yet I let myself be made an emperor. That was written too, but I made a mistake. I tried to rule wisely and justly, blunting the edge of monarchy, reconciling the people to it. In doing that, I was helping monarchy. Now I shall destroy it once and for all. Or rather, Nero will destroy it. He's as mad as my debut, Caligula. Now, you mustn't fret, dear girl. Your own yak will find out what's what. Yet I'm working for the British Information Bureau. Every day they put out these news sheets positively bulging with truth. Is there anything about Bucharest? No, I never read the stuff. I just deliver them. Don't worry, dear girl. The old Yak will find out what he can. Yaki. I never thought... Oh, you never thought you'd be pleased to see me. So, we move on to another embarrassment of riches. Don't tell me you've got five for this category as well. Mm, yeah. Naughty! <laughs> 
Right, let well, me let let's pause you for a minute. Slide gonna... a piece of paper between some of them. That's the problem. Right, I'm gonna pause They're for a minute, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna choose two more now. So sod you. Right, you do that. You do that. From, from, your, from your extensive were, list of fifteen, there were clear the, the rules. There were clear rules that have been flouted. <laughs> flouted. Well, having picked five for the best actor, I couldn't possibly. God. And of course, nowadays. Nowadays we're not supposed to differentiate anyway. They're all actors. So. I know, but I, that, I believe that that's I believe work. that's bollocks. Yes. So it's it's difficult. But anyway, in 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 search, the, the best actor who happens to be a woman. <laughs> yes. Okay. So, what is your first nomination? Sean. Sean Phillips. Livia. Yeah. Also, my first nomination. Mm. Yes. Sean, why, I mean, why Sean? I mean, she's just um, amazing, isn't she? She's just, she is Livia. She is calculating. She's charming. She's beautiful. She's vindictive. She's she gives as good as she gets up against oh, someone like Blessed um, yeah. for a start, you know, and indeed holds her own against um, Derek Jacobi as well. In 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 a series where there is so much great acting to actually stand out and be, you know, seen as a great actor, you know. Yeah, yeah, it, it's it's equal billing. It's it's star performance, yeah. and she's brilliant. You know, yeah. so. Yes. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. Your second, Barbara Flynn. I have Barbara Flynn. Yay! Well done. I think it's uh, Barbara Flynn is one of my favourite uh, actresses, actors. Anyway, right? Um, yeah, I think. I mean, I also think she's superb in a very peculiar practice, which I'm hoping we'll do. Oh, later. we will definitely do it, Sophie. Um, yeah. Uh, but uh, in this, she's just so good and so deadpan, and so brilliant, and so everything really. The 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 the, the you know the, she's. Absolutely on the mark. Every line, all all the all the comedy lines are played to perfection. I mean, it, you know, light comedy acting can be a, yeah, you know, it can be a difficult one to get right. And yeah, she's just she's just brilliant, and it's you know, it's it's not that that the you know, it's it's not the character. It's it's just her embodiment of that character. She's just yeah, she's just great in uh, the bite of X. Remind me of her character name. Uh, Jill Swinburne. Jill Swinburne. So Barbara Flynn for Jill Swinburne. Swinburne in the Bite of Back Fair. Okay, so that was that was also one of mine. Mm. Um, my third is mm-hmm. Margaret Tyzak. Well, yes. For both Antonio and I Claudius and Clotilde Bradbury Scott in Nemesis, who is also formidable. Yes. So Margaret Tyzak is one of mine. Yep, she's also on my list. Ah. she is. She is. Uh, she's. She's my fourth on my list. Actually, she's okay. the one that that that, um, uh, that I did. But I did slide, slide, slide in my Margaret Tyzak. <laughs> That's a line you never thought you'd say. I no, absolutely. Slide in my Margaret Tyzak into the machine and, and press play. Uh, an, ac- an, actru- an actress whose whose work I am hoping to explore further because she's just. She. I mean, uh, Claudius. You know, her dismissive approach to Claudius generally is wonderful. The, the bit where she, where she has to sit outside her daughter's room and um, while well, wait for her to die is just gorgeously played. Her 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 her, her matter of factness over over her her ultimate fate is just great. But but again, and and you take that and you think, yep, I like that. And then you add in Clotilde, and Clotilde is just pitch perfect. Yes. Okay. Your next nomination, please. Uh, what we on four? 
Well, again, um, possibly for nostalgic reasons, but Joan, Joan Hickson. I had Joan. She made my jo- list. Jo- because Joan I don't Hickson think she is... ever won any awards for her performance. And I find that staggering because she was... That performance is so well judged. And I wonder if it's just dismissed because she thought, oh, she's just playing herself. She's just an old lady. No, it's so beautifully judged and, and layered and nuanced and chosen. Oh, it just shows the breadth of her years of experience that she can... One of those actors yeah. who can literally make her eyes twinkle. Yeah. And, and but say so much with so little. And people underestimate that. They can, they can say that. You know, but that that is the skill, that is the joy of it. Yes. And and, and there is a stillness to her portrayal of uh, Miss Marple, which, yes. which which when you watch other versions of Miss Marple, you, you realise how much you miss it. Yeah. There are it's an and again surprising sometimes when you watch them back actually how little she features in some of the stories, but yeah. but absolutely is there throughout them. Mm-hmm. I, know, I know that's kind of weird. You can have somebody who's missing for you know three quarters of an episode, and yet you're constantly thinking about them. And it's not just why hasn't she turned up yet. You're actually thinking, I'm looking forward to her being in there, and you know how she's going to react with with the different actors that she comes up against. You just know that literally by just the tilt of a head, you know exactly everything you need to know about the other characters. Yeah, uh, what they are. You know what she knows all about these folk as she walks in the room, and to put get to, I mean that's I know that's the character, but actually to get that across, yeah, is with so so, so little is just brilliant. I, and again, it's one of those strange things that both her and um, uh, Suchet playing Poirot, yeah. a lot of it's about the clothes, yeah. They, but again, that I mean, I know she gave a, a conversation about getting the walk right. Once upon a time, which is in one of uh, yeah. you know that once you you get you get the shoes right, you get the character, but it's absolutely in the the way it's thought out. She is she is so so good, really. Yeah. And and again, to come to that at the age she was when she came to it, it it's breathtaking. Apparently, it's a birthday today, so oh, yeah. that's nice to celebrate with a best actress nomination <laughs> that we that we tra- that we broadcast two months later. Yes. Oh yes, true. Um, still, <laughs> are we going to get a full five same list for the first time ever in this? Well, I, I I think I've already touched on 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 five as the glue that holds yeah. uh, fortunes away. Hey, it's also my so. fifth. Emma Thompson, yeah. yes. Again, in in many ways, it's the stronger performance in the whole series, really. And, yeah, you know, it's not to to dismiss Ken, but but Ken, you 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 sit you sit there, you understand why she likes him, even when you're spitting and cursing and yeah, you know, uh, and she's the heart of the whole whole series. And, and I feel you um, get you get her inner life as well as her outer life. Mm. You you really experience it with her and you know what she's thinking and you also feel a connection with her guilt or with her joy and it's you can really feed off how she's feeling and it really can affect you deeply it's just such an she there's no there's no um surprise that her career after this point just skyrocketed it's just it's just you know, because well, it, she's it, just again, one of the best actresses there has ever been. Ever is my opinion. <laughs> well, the other the other thing about it is that she uh, in 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 this situation, 
is what we've just been talking about about Joan Hickson. She's another one who can do so much with just the look. Yeah. And um, in many ways, it's because uh, obviously they're completely different generations, but you can tell that she learned, you know. And there are so many um, looks. There's a look of frustration. There's a look of understanding. Mm. There's a look of empathy. Mm. And honestly, the conveying of that was just oh, just amazing. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So of the five, who have you picked as your favourite? It, it, it's putting the, it's putting that piece of paper between the do it I can't, I can't, do I can't, it I can't, I can't uh, do it I can't nominate them all <laughs> no you're going to choose uh, one in terms of no just one no explanation just choose no, it in, in terms of, in terms of <laughs> over, overall I genuinely think again it goes to, to Sean ah but but that's again that's really it's funny it, uh, I was thinking it's something else I was thinking about earlier is it, it do you do you go off this you know it, it, are you picking these based on what you already knew and not just about what we've watched in the last few months sure and and i genuinely think it's just a great performance yeah she would have been my second choice but i i have to choose emma thompson as harriet pringle because mm-hmm. i just think it's perhaps one of the most superbly created tv characters mm. of all time in my opinion mm. best actress sean phillips and emma thompson you want your husband to become Emperor of Rome? Yes. Then his father must become Emperor before him. Tiberius must succeed Augustus, if Castor is to succeed Tiberius. Only then will the line become established. It'll seem easier to accept it than reject it. And posthumous. Draft. Oh, my dear, you've put your finger on it. Yes. Posthumous. As always, we come back to posthumous. If I could do anything for you, I would. With all my heart. But the world is against us. All I can do is go away. I'm sorry. Right, we move on to our final category, which is the biggie. It is the drammy that they all want to win. They all talk about beforehand in the restaurants and afterwards in the pub and they weep. <laughs> it is the best drama. Mm. I hope you've only got three or else you're in trouble. Uh, I, have, I have three nominations. Good. So what are your three? Uh, do you want them alphabetically? <laughs> yes, alphabetically would be good. Then I'll do the same. Then we'll talk. Okay. Uh, by the Becker Fair, by Claudius and Miss Marple. Oh, okay. So I have Fortunes of War, I Claudius, mm-hmm. I Claudius and Miss Marple. So mm-hmm. I was surprised to see Miss Marple made my list. I really mm-hmm. was. I was like, wow, mm-hmm. it is that good. But I would never think of it mm-hmm. as winning in a drama award. But I really feel it does justify it on the basis of what... I, I watched again. Hmm. Well, this was the thing. I mean, there are there are you know other other good. I mean, History Man sh- should be in there in many ways, you know. But um, yeah, I just I in may the the thing about it is is it's if if you were to me if you if you know you're going to recommend something to somebody to watch as a great piece of British television drama, these three are the ones I would pick. You know, they. If, if I had to go onto a desert island and only watch 
three shows forevermore, you know, I suspect these would be the three, you know, even more than, you know, Doctor Who or something like that, which I know I've been a fan of forever. The, these are the shows out of the ones we've watched so far that you really feel, yeah, I could watch I, Claudius and I could watch I, Claudius again and I could watch I, Claudius again. And it's the same with Miss Marple, the BBC Miss Marple. And it's and it's the same with the Beiderbeck uh, trilogy. I would also I would also choose I, Claudius as, as the Desert Island pick just because there's so much in it and it goes through so many stages that you could really get something out of all of it and all life is there. And it's it's the one. I mean, to be fair, I mean, I, I suspect we've we're we're announcing the top one uh, without necessarily saying so. No, I'm not. Claude, I'm not oh, because right. mine well, for, mine is fortunes. So there. Oh right. Okay. It's just that for for I, for I Claudius specifically, it, it's it's one of those. It's one of the few that I actually sat and watched and thought I could watch that again straight away, and I could probably go through it again and watch it again straight away. There's so much going on. I I absolutely love it. So that's my winner, really. Right. So, so my winner is definitely Fortunes on the basis that it just feels like a more complete mm. creative endeavour. And although I Claudius is to a degree, and it's mm. obviously a masterpiece, and who cares what this little person says here on this podcast, i.e. me, but um, mm. it's just, it feels, because it has the constraints that it does, mm. that a more perfectly formed thing from start to finish for me is is fortunes just because it feels mm. like a really clearer vision but yeah. i think i, I don't know i mean I, i've got I well, the other thing about it is for me is i don't have the history with it but i'd mm. like to see it again you know I, that's the thing exactly like to, yeah. if i had time but i've got so much else to watch but I'd, I'd i'd like to sit down and watch it again because i because i it, it i'm completely new to it so maybe it hasn't quite got itself into my DNA in the same yeah, way. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Um, so, you know, again, maybe that's why, you know, in, in, that's why it should be on my desert island. Oddly enough, I put down that if I had to have a desert island show, it'd probably be Miss Marple rather than Claudius. Oddly enough. Ah, right. Which which is kind of completely contrary oh, well, to what I've just said. But you said. get lots of lovely, if that's all of it, isn't it? That's all 12 adaptations, mm. I, I presume. Mm. <laughs> I just, I just, it's the show that we in the house would sit, you know, if we were going to take something off the shelf, it'd probably be a, a, a good old-fashioned cosy murder mystery and that's and that one is really done well i mean we'll we'll sit and watch poirot till the cows come home as well but but i think in terms of the overall uh wonderfulness of the way it was done and the way it was put together miss marple i could take a box set and land on an island with it with it which for some reason in the middle of the beach has a plug socket <laughs> you've got you've got effort eternal battery on whatever you're using oh, it's, it's well, okay right. don't worry it's all right as long as the sun's on best drama Fortunes of War and I, Claudius. How are rehearsals? Yakimov is brilliant. Any chance we could invite some people over for lunch one Sunday? Show off our new home before it's bombed? Yes. You invite anyone you like, darling. I need to know your movements. Oh, I see. What You'd like me to be here. This is our home. We're a married couple. It's an ancient tradition. What are we going to do about Claudius? Oh, Claudius, what? What in the matter of what? In the matter of the games to be held in his father's honour. Oh, I don't know. I mean, uh, must we think about it now? Well, how much longer can we leave it? Is he to sit in your box at the games, or is he not? Well, he might look a little odd if he doesn't. Well, he might look even odder if he does. Do you want to sit next to a twitching idiot all day? Oh, let's think about it tomorrow, eh? Uh, good night, my dear. Now, 
Don't you worry about Claudius. I'll have him to dinner a few times and I'll see how he gets on. If we could just stop that twitching. <laughs> so we thought we'd take the final few minutes of this podcast to talk about what we've learned so far and how the experience has been of doing this podcast what has it made us feel what does it make us think about archive tv and yeah what have we learned what have we learned well i think what i uh, learned straight away when i i was compiling the list of what we'd already watched um is is how incredibly white male it is <laughs> Right. If that's if that's yeah, you know, when you look at the history of British TV drama, and that's basically the people who were making it and working on it. But uh, certainly, our list so far is very male-dominated in terms of the leads. It's very, it's very white. You know, you, it, it's a, the photographs are a row of white men <laughs> to a certain extent. You know, obviously there are exceptions, and that is kind of. You, you, what I'm trying to say is that whilst we are very aware there is a diversity of drama and a diversity of what we've been drawn to in certainly the first half of this alphabet run through seems to have been quite middle class, quite it, it's safe, but it's what we were exposed to, I think, you know. Yeah, and but having said that, I mean, I think some of the characters who have really stayed with us and really affected us are the female characters, aren't they? Oh God, yeah. I'm not. I'm I know you're not saying that. I'm just. I'm no, just making no. that clear that you know we they've really been something that has made it for us. Mm. Um, and yeah, but you're right, and it's a product of its time. It's, but it also you can't you can't you can't unpick the internalized patriarchy within us. It's it's it, no. it, it, it's there. It's part of who we are. It's judges the. Mm. It makes us judge the world in certain ways and makes us behave in certain mm. ways and perceive things in certain ways and that's because it's just endless brainwashing well <laughs> yeah. what i suppose if if you if you came to uh, you asked somebody from a different cultural background to pick an a to z they would probably have picked a completely different a to z in that sense yes you know, the, the 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 thing and, and 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 it would be interesting to find out what that was or what that would consist of because um, you know, we—it's not that we've sort of said, "Oh, we, you know, we want to do it from this perspective." It's just that those are the le things that we have on our shelves. Those are the things we're familiar with. Those are the things we remember. Those are the things we're drawn to. So, anyway, when you actually put them together, you suddenly think, "Oh, hang on," you know, there's a kind of bias in this unconscious bias, probably, hopefully, but uh, it's there. The um, at least we're at least we're aware of it, though. You know, it's it's good that yeah. we're aware of it, and that we will try and address it where and when we can going forwards. Yeah. Um, and I think the interesting thing about also that is that what um, what it has certainly taught me. I mean, we we've all, we obviously between us have already moved on a couple of letters from where we are. Yeah. In in in, but um, is actually that you start to realise that the things you enjoy aren't those things they aren't um they aren't just the fact that it's it's a bloke running around with a woman or or whatever it's actually we have enjoyed the 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 female roles the the you know, diversity the i mean we, we, we've enjoyed stuff from history we've enjoyed stuff that's contemporary you know and and you're sort of bringing all that together and what i think the other thing i'm, I'm starting to learn really is that actually how what we're doing makes you watch television properly which i know sounds 
terribly pompous. But actually, make, we you, quite often these days, the programmes on. I mean, we were talking about this. I was talking about this with a friend of mine uh, the other day, and we were talking about how uh, when a, sh a new show turns up on something like Netflix, they they bombard you with the entire series in one day. So some, you know, six months' work, a year's work, can appear in an afternoon and be devoured in an afternoon. And when you are doing that, you sometimes we, we've we've watched box sets of say twenty two episodes of something like Law and Order. And you actually sit down afterwards and you stop being able to differentiate the different episodes. You think, yeah. Oh, there, was there an episode about where that yeah. happened? And, yeah. And, and which one was that? That was eight episodes ago, was it? You know, and, and you get an entire season sort of bombarded at you in, in say, 48 hours or whatever, 24 hours. And it's, and it's very easy to be watching a programme but not seeing it. And what this has actually taught me, especially, is to sometimes to sit down and actually look at a program, pick up on things, and start to see connections with other things, and also start to think why, why are they, or what does that actually mean? What does that mean in in the larger context? Which again has always been part of the philosophy of how we watch television, anyway. But to actually, it, you do wonder whether people in the binge watch world, whether people still watch television the way we watch it if you see what I mean. yeah i know what you mean um i, I had one of my points so I, I a few points down was that um because of this podcast i find it hard to watch tv uncritically anymore so i mm. i almost think what's the point of watching something if i'm not going to podcast about it which is which is well, one of my difficulties it really is so it means that i end up watching crap that doesn't have to affect me and then therefore yeah. it's it's throwaway and that's okay i mean something like a series like outlander which mm. I watch and I don't really care about at all and I struggle mm. with elements of it and yet mm. I would never want a podcast about it so that's okay so I don't mm. have to think about it deeply and and I, I don't know whether that's a curse that you know this thing of podcasting about everything you know I, mm. I really struggle to watch a Doctor Who now because I've got a Doctor mm. Who podcast without yeah. well, I must now podcast about it and in fact mm. when I was with um, Alex in New Zealand and she was recuperating from an accident we watched The Time Monster just mm. as a bit of fluff. She'd never seen it before, mm. she didn't think. And, and she was just lying there dozing and she's not, not, mm. not a full mental health back, you know, in terms of brain power and everything. Mm. And and I just found that I was just writing notes, writing notes, writing notes um, during it. Mm. And I hadn't really intended to. And afterwards, mm. well... That's because you say, oh, I wanted to tell you about this afterwards. I wanted to say this. Yeah, and I then... to say something. Yeah. And, you're, and, you're, and you were unconscious. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And I said... I know you're not really with it yet, but should we have a go at trying to podcast about it? And she's like, no! Yeah. No, I was just watching it, just to watch mm. it. You know, and I've yeah. got all these notes in the Time Monster that's sitting there burning a hole in the notebook. Well, no, I, absolutely, I know where you're coming from. Sometimes I, I literally am so happy. I mean, this is one of the things we've, we've, we've recently watched uh, a couple of, no, a season and a half of, of the American Law and Order. And it's just because we can put it on and not, I'm not planning on doing an article, although immediately I find my brain's going, I could do an article on this, you know. Uh, but, but you know, I don't know whether anybody would want to hear it, but nevertheless, you know, but, I mean, it's always interesting to me how many people suggest things to us and you think, yeah, but that's American. <laughs> or that's Australian. You know, we're, we're trying to concentrate on UK, but then you think, oh, should we do an A to Z of US TV drama? But, but no, um, maybe a few series down the line. You know, but but the um, it, it is interesting to me that, that it is... Yeah, it's just nice sometimes just to relax by sitting on a programme. Yeah. Just 
Just... And I don't watch, you know, I don't generally nowadays watch much actual broadcast no, yeah. being broadcast. Yeah. And I don't, so, and of course I don't have quite the um, the range you know, uh, off. I don't. I don't necessarily pile into Netflix or pile into uh, Amazon or whatever. I don't have access to those in the same way, and so basically, for me, it's it's usually what what my partner wants. You know, fancies watching. So we talk, well, yeah. and but actually, we can take something off the shelf and just oh, such a relief not to have to sit here with my notebook. <laughs> yeah. So another thing I wanted to say is that um, I prefer. I've discovered that I really prefer sparse writing. And mm-hmm. that going back to what you said about things being conveyed in looks and the intensity of certain performances and the skill in certain performances, I'm thinking Joan Hickson, I'm thinking Emma Thompson, mm. and thinking Branner, that mm. that these people can carry a performance and mm. can react and say things with their eyes. And those TV programmes that recognise that mm. are just so amazing and it's down to the actors it's down to directorial confidence as well it's down to the writing because alan plater very deliberately wrote sparsely he was like i will Mm. take these words out and i will make sure that a lot of this is just conveyed through performance and that was he said that's one of his intentions compare Mm. that to something like bleasdale's gbh which is the Mm. most wordy verbose thing i've ever heard Mm. and suddenly it came into sharp focus for me that what i struggle with is those scripts which are putting words above performance, and I'd never thought of. Yes. I'd never thought about that before, ever. Mm. It is interesting. I mean, we. I mean, you. It's funny you touched on this in your latest uh, World Enough and Time, uh, available at all good uh, podcast. <laughs> um, but is is the thing about people? Is it was the uh, Pip and Jane? Oh, Terror of the Fairboys podcast. Yes. And and how, and you just sat there going, but people, real people, would never talk like that. Hmm. <laughs> And and that if 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 that's coming at you from from a drama, there's something it feel you know it has to feel natural. Now people say, oh well, that, you could say that about Shakespeare, but actually, you know, the best Shakespeare to me is Shakespeare that sounds just like it's been conversational. You know, it went the best performances to me always just sound like someone going, oh, you know, um, you know, oh, from Muse of Fire said the brights have an invention. You know, it's that kind of, it has that not throwaway, but feels like it's just what you would say. Yes, and and sometimes instead of in, with with that kind of performance, it's like they are waiting for the actor to shut up so they can say their line, and that's that's problematical for me. And that's in many ways why certain bits of television now are becoming more difficult for me to watch because you actually you see them sort of waiting on their mark to say their line, and and that's kind of odd. But the other thing is, uh, going back to what where you were with that, is that there is an awful and i know I, I keep going on about helicopters and explosions and all this kind of thing but there's an awful lot of drama that's being made now that feels like it's shouting not acting people seem to mistake shouting for emotion uh, or 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 even bursting into tears and so, and so much can be conveyed by just a, a single tear falling without somebody wailing and waving their arms about and everything like that and it is very difficult i mean you go right back to that thing that um, Peter Purvis always used to say that uh, Hartnell teaching him about screen acting about just having the hands near the face you know, okay that might be now seem a bit strange but just realising the medium you're in 
yeah. means you don't have to shout to the back of the auditorium. No. You know, yes, we, we know you're upset. You don't have to scream and, yeah. and throw a tray across the room. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I'm suddenly reminded of Honor Blackman's performance in Terror of the Fair Voids, which was just uh, one note and angry and for the theatre, yeah. I felt. It's, yeah. just, it's just weird. I know that's Doctor Who. It's a different genre, but still. Well, again, you see, the, 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 when you, I mean, we've not quite gone back as far as 60s television drama yet. No, you know, um, we will. But we actually, will at some point, but yeah. actually, the, the a lot of that was because the the image was so bad, the sound quality could be quite bad. You know, you had to do a bigger performance to get the message across at times. And then someone like uh, the Z cars, sorry, a program like Z cars comes along, and and actually, no, you actually get subtle performances. You know, and people suddenly is, there is a very interesting thread when you look sort of 50s 60s television drama specifically where you start to see how people are starting to understand how the medium works and how the performance can be smaller you know i uh, I, I did listen to a podcast a few months ago which was terribly dismissive of quatermass 2 for example you know the, the, the performances in it and actually you realize that well that was you know all these people were coming from stage and this a lot of them you know they'd not done that much tv drama but also tv drama was trying it was a, it was a new medium, and people were learning the craft, which is why someone like R R Robert Hardy, sort of from that generation of, of from the sixties, you know, you really start to get the sense that they're starting to understand how it works best. You know, I and mean, there's some series that I think, oh, whatever happened to that? The series I most want to see of any series that is not mm. available on DVD, it's never been released, is called Blue Bell with Carolyn Pickles. Mm -hmm. And I loved okay. it at the time, and I've just—it's never been available. And I just really want to mm. see: was I right? <laughs> was mm. it really good? But um, maybe I'll never know. Mm. Um, there, there, there are shows that I mean, we, I mean, if because we, we've got the second half of the alphabet to look forward to now, and, and there are, and there are shows we've already listed which I'm very much looking forward to, you know. Uh, but, but it's interesting. There's one on the list which uh, we may or may not actually do in the end, uh, which, which I uh, someone, someone on, on Facebook has been raving about the last couple of days, and I sat there thinking, oh, I hated that. So that's going to be an interesting one, um, which I don't know whether I should mention. But um, anyway, it's... Um, so, you know, I think, I think the journey continues, I think, is the... Is the uh, and, and well done to all the award winners. I'm sure they'll be very pleased. <laughs> Can I just end on a slightly darker note, though? Oh, indeed. <laughs> Which is that... Have I been sacked? You, this is the way you sacked yes. me. Oh, I'm, doing some, I'm doing the second half with somebody Yes, N to Z is with... No. Um, <laughs> I just wanted to also add something else I'd learned is that there, there don't seem to be any new stories, only new or different historical periods in which to set them. <laughs> Interesting. Okay. I just feel that the stories, particularly around corruption and the fact that corruption will always be with us, Corruption has oh. been the biggest theme of everything, and and like it goes through Beidebeck, it goes through um, I Claudius, yes. it goes through yes. so much. It's it's there, solidly. Yeah. Even even it, it's sometimes an underlying thread in something like Miss Marple. It's yeah, and I think the it, it sets, people are crap. And, <laughs> and setting this UK TV drama podcast against a time where we've probably had the most corrupt government in history. Mm. It's it's just been an interesting and difficult backdrop at times, and and Brexit and the pandemic, and mm. it's just really hard. Not it's easier to see the bad in stuff, 
when you're looking at some TV drama and I found that difficult sometimes. I'm like, God, it really is as bad and it always will be as bad. Mm. Um, my th- my thesis, uh, I should mention yeah. briefly here, was actually called Reflections of Reality and it was about British science fiction television. Oh, wow, I didn't know you'd done that. That's uh, amazing. It's not, it's, not, it's not the greatest thesis ever written. No. But it was one, but, uh, and I wrote it 30 years ago, but it was basically trying to say that science fiction is a way of getting, um, you know, something that might not be very popular in terms of you know if you put it on as a straight drama the government would go oh bias 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 but you can slide it under the radar with science fiction and i think to a certain extent you know you could recast claudius with the bloody cast of our government now and you know would not be surprised although they probably wouldn't let you make it it fascinates me that this very morning they've announced there's going to be a new series of spitting image and and I would I would be interested to see whether it has quite the same clout or whether they would run scared. Well, I think you know. it's a bit like it's about like South Park has jumped the shark now because U.S. politics became so ridiculous that it was more ridiculous than South Park. And I just think with spit, spitting image, I fear that whatever the current government could do, you can't parody someone like Pretty Patel or someone like Jacob Rees-Mogg or Boris Johnson because they're all fucking evil f- idiots. That... I was quite enjoying Veep. <laughs> few years ago right I, I have i have four series of veep that were bought me as you know birthday presents christmas presents over his course of a number of years and the first three years loved it fourth year i started watching it and it was about the time i you know put the discs in it was about the time trump was becoming president and i just i couldn't find it funny no no it just it was it was too painful because the implications are too strong yeah. yeah yeah so i so that i've never actually finished watching series four and i've not picked up a set since yeah. sure Anyway, before um, I took us down this black alley, sorry, you, you no, you were going to say what's coming next. So, should we just preview the next two? I think we should. Yes. So, um, the ne- next on our list, as we as we as we free fall into the second half of the alphabet, down to down to the inevitability of Z, uh, is is nice work. Yes, with Warren Clark and Hayden Gwynn, um, mm-hmm. which was something that I wasn't expecting it to be. I won't say much more than that, but um, it's, nope. it's another one that sat in cellophane on my shelf for a very long time. Yeah, so, Well, that's something else you've learned, hasn't it? That's the other thing we should mention. Yes. You've actually said that stuff that's been in cellophane... Should stay in cellophane. We'll see whether that stays true then. And mm. then we move on to an epic, epic um, series. It, yes, so big we couldn't get it into one edition. Yeah, that, even... As you can imagine, is big. Yes. It would have been longer than our Claudius podcast. So yeah, Our Friends in the North, because it's just so dense. There's so much to say. So we'll have a two-parter for that. So our schedule's thrown out of the window. It's also right up our alley, isn't it? Totally. That's the thing. Yeah, cause bit it, of politics, bit of North. Bit of corruption. What else were we ever going to talk Brilliant about? characters, brilliant writing, brilliant direction. <laughs> yes. Directed yeah, half, half directed by Simon Kathleen Jones, James's son. Mm-hmm. There we will go. he be in the... Next generation. Yeah, will he be in the running for the Drammies next time? <laughs> <laughs> So, um, yes, we hope you've enjoyed the first half of an A to Z of UK TV drama, the first series, and we will be back with N just next week. Honestly, we're mm. too good to you. Anything else to add? I mean, I'm sure people would disagree with us, and I'm sure they would say, ah, oh, yes, but what about, and all that kind of thing, but that's we live in a, what, a world of whataboutery, and this is basically, it's our podcast, we don't, so that's what we, we think. Don't care. And, and I just should say that, just so people know, that the, the hall, the auditorium is now emptying very fast. There's talk of a, a bar. 
that's a free bar. So um, even the people who didn't win awards, who are very upset, are um, are gleefully galumphing, chugging, <laughs> chugging at our expense. Yes, currently. So um, yeah, it's all right. If they're in the bar, I'll get a taxi. Yeah. Bleasdale is weeping in the corner silently. <laughs> oh bless. Um, but most people are are happy. Derek Jacoby's a bit shocked not to have won swept across the board with me, but anyway, we'll we'll probably get on <laughs> over a pint. Yeah, yes, we'll do. You'll, you'll you'll talk about it. He'll, he'll, he's, he's about half your height, isn't he? <laughs> yes, yes. And Emma Thompson's struggling to think where she's going to put yet another award. But there we are. <laughs> bye from me. Take care. Bye bye. Take care. Bye bye, city. Bye bye. <laughs> of UK TV drama with Andy and Martin. Next time, nice work.